Have you ever driven by a church and thought, what kind of church that is? Uh, and if you're here for the first time this morning <laughs> and, and you've never, I mean, you don't, I, I don't know what you've heard, uh, but you may be wondering that yourself this morning, what is, what is this church like? I mean, what's, what's about to happen here? Um, maybe you've thought or maybe you wondered as you go past a place or before you came here this morning, because I've had friends say, uh, do I have to get all dressed up to come to church? Because I really don't want to get all dressed up. Uh, do I have to do that? Is this that kind of church? Or, or what do you do in there anywhere? Just singing all those old songs and preaching out of that old book that really didn't have anything to do with life in 2017. Uh, anyway, I don't understand what that thing is saying. I don't think I want to hear about that. Is that the kind of church? Is that what they do? I remember when I was little, I thought church was boring. I mean, did you, <laughs> if you think that church is boring, don't raise your hand, but um, uh, it'd be awkward. Uh, so, you know, but your friends might be wondering, is it still boring? And maybe you've prayed this prayer before. Now I lay me down to sleep. The speaker's dry. The subject's deep. If he should stop before I wake, please punch my ribs for goodness sake. You know, something like that where you're talking to a friend. Is this that, is it that kind of church where, man, it's just kind of boring? Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine a couple of weeks ago, and he told me about the church of the flying spaghetti monster. And, and I don't know. He told me about the thought, you are kidding me, right? And then he showed it to me, and I, so I talked to my kids. They're 27 years old and, and pretty with it. And I said, hey, have you ever heard of this? They have. Have you? I don't know if you've ever heard of this. And maybe you're thinking to yourself, huh, so is it that kind of church? No. <laughs> no, we're not that kind of church. But those are some great things to wonder about in chur as ch about churches in general and, and MCC specifically. So what we've done is every year we have uh, we've just kind of chosen to stop once a year and remind ourselves of the kind of church that we want to be and what that means specifically for this year. So if you haven't yet, there's a couple things. Uh, if you'll hold them in your lap, um, Adam just mentioned one, your, uh, the notes that are on the bulletin, if you want to hold the message notes and the connection card, well, mine totally fell apart, but that's all right. Uh, the connection card. And then there was a letter that was sitting on your chair, a chair near you. Uh, hopefully one, uh, at least your family has one of these. If you want to hold on to that for just a moment. But the answer to that is at the top of the notes on your bulletin, right? MCC strives to be, we are striving to be a diverse community of Christ followers who love God, who love people and who live on mission. That's who we want to be. Now, to be sure, we're not here yet. We're not there yet, but that's who, that's the type of church that we want to be. And, and it's, it's the type of church, listen, when some of us, when we close our eyes, we can, we can see it happening uh, in front of us. So every once in a while, we just stop and remind ourselves of what in the world does this mean uh, to even say that? So here's the deal. We want to be a diverse community of Christ followers because we believe that reflects the reality we believe that reflects reality in heaven. When we, when we think about what the kingdom of heaven is like, when we read about what the kingdom of heaven is like, that, w that we're going to get to experience one day, uh, John describes it in Revelation 7, 9, and he says this, after this I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. So many people in heaven, you couldn't even count them. From every nation, every tribe, every people, and every language, and they're all standing before the throne, and they're standing before the Lamb. And so, at MCC, what we say is that, that we're, we are more than just okay, that we're different from each other, because we want to be intentional about being a community of Christ followers who are different colors and ages and nationalities 
and vocations and temperaments and personalities and backgrounds and sin struggles and faith maturity, family makeup. I mean, we, we believe that diversity honors God because it's, it's what heaven is. It just reflects what the reality of heaven. And to be clear, what we're saying is we want to reach people who want to reach all different kinds of people. Not just that it's okay for people who are different than me and people who are different than you. Not that it's just okay that they're here. That's actually what we're shooting for. That's, that's what we want, all right? So we strive to be a diverse community of Christ followers who love God and love people, which this is intriguing because Jesus is asked this question. And there's something when Jesus is asked a question um, that I th- we, we catch a big, the big teaching, but there's, there's a, a, a nuance to it that I wonder if we miss because Jesus is asked, what's, of all the commandments in the Old Testament, you know, and moving forward, of all the commandments, which one is the greatest? And so when Jesus answers that, he tells them the most important one is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. And the second one is love your neighbor as you love yourself. So part of what I want you to understand is we don't want to be a group of people who merely go to church. This isn't just about changing where you sit on Sunday morning, all right? Because, you know, being here, when, when you come to church, listen, that, that does not impress God. Just, just be, that doesn't impress God, and it doesn't fool God uh, when we come and sit here. It's about more than that. Uh, it's about what God said in the, through the prophet Isaiah. He said, these people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is based on merely human rules that they have been taught. Listen, he's not, God is not just looking for people who are good at following rules. He's looking for people whose hearts belong to him. So this conversation that Jesus has, he's asked, what's the greatest commandment? And it's interesting to me, he's asked, Jesus, what is the best rule? What's the, what, what's the most important rule? The one, the one rule if, of all the things that have been taught to us. If there's one thing from all of those things that have been taught, that, 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 that is the, the one that God says is the, the, the best rule ever, Jesus could not say, love God without saying, love people. Isn't that interesting? He's not even asked what the second greatest. He's answering a question he's not asked. He was never asked what's the second greatest. He was asked what's the first greatest. What's the biggest? What's the best? And to him, they go together because you can't love God unless you also love people. So on your notes, check this out. It isn't about do's and don'ts. It's about giving your heart to God so he can prepare your heart to be given to other people who live around you in your house and in your workplace, and in your neighborhood, and in your school. That's what this is about. It's all about, listen, so that because of that, because we love God and love people, we will do that. We will live on mission. If we love God and we love people, that's just, it's a byproduct. That's how you know if someone loves God and loves people, they just live on mission. One of the beauties of diversity is that we're not tempted to uh, unify around those things which some people unify around, and, uh, and we don't allow anything to separate us that usually will separate other people. Instead, we choose to embrace our differences because sometimes people will unify around differences or they will disengage because of differences, but we choose to embrace our differences and wrap them around the reason we say we exist, which is to help people begin to build their relationship with Jesus. 
right? We're going to take all of that. We're just going to wrap it around that reason to just help people. Everything is about this right here. And so our leadership has heard this phrase that kind of resonates with us. And the phrase is white hot mission. Have you ever heard of that? White hot mission. White hot mission is when everyone is clear about why we're here. And we're consumed by why we're here. And we're all moving in the same direction to accomplish the same thing that anyone here at MCC could tell you why we're here, how we go about doing it. And we are sold out to this thing. A month ago, John Glenn died. I was reading an article about him. And in that article, I came across this quote and I thought, oh my goodness gracious, I've got, look at what he said. John Glenn said, if there's one thing I've learned in my years on this planet, it's that the happiest and most fulfilled people I've known are those who devoted themselves to something bigger and more profound than merely their own interest. <laughs> That's what this is about. That's why we say, when, listen, when we talk about how we do this, so this whole idea of helping people begin to build a relationship with God, I want you to understand exactly how we go about that and what that's going to look like in 2017 and actually for the next six years, okay? Because there's part of this that we're talking about for the next six years, and we tend to plan with the end in mind. So, uh, so I just want you to be aware of this. On your notes, check this out. I want to remind you, we invite people to come as they are. I want to make sure you know that. We invite people to come as they are. We send them out to follow Jesus and, we, and then we send them out, or excuse me, we show them how to follow Jesus and send them out to serve their world. So here you go. In your notes, we invite people to come as they are. And I want to make sure that you understand exactly what that means. All right, uh, because we've worded that very carefully. And I, I say that very carefully. I have had people tell me they could not come to church because they weren't good enough. I don't know if you've had people tell you that. Uh, I couldn't come. Or they tell me I can't become a Christ follower until I clean up my act. I want to become a Christian. I just have to clean up my act. But did you have, have you ever heard anyone tell you that? Or did you ever think that way? Because I have thought that way. And the thought is, the bottom line on that is, I'm not, I'm not good enough, right? I'm not, I'm not good enough to go to church yet. I'm not, I'm not good enough to become a Christian yet. And listen, if you've thought that, if you've ever thought that in your life, I want to make sure you hear this. You're right. You're not good enough. And I'm not good enough. And on our own, we'll never be good enough. It's why we need Jesus that's the whole point of him coming to earth and giving his life for us. That's why we will invite people to come as they are, not because we're okay with people in sin, because we're not okay with that, but because we do know what it's like. to. You and I both know what it's like to struggle with sin and lose and wonder if Jesus could possibly love someone like me who does the things I do, says the things I say, thinks the thoughts that I think. Can God love somebody like me? And here's the question we need to answer. So I, I asked this last year, when I asked it this year, are we okay with people beginning where they are as opposed to cleaning up their act before they come here? Because when we say that th this is really who we want to be, that this is the kind of church that we want to be, you know what that means, right? It means that there's likely to be somebody here who's struggling with something in their life that makes you uncomfortable. They've got something going on inside of them. They're making decisions. They're thinking thoughts that you're uncomfortable with. 
But we have to figure out, do I want to create a place where my friends and your friends are safe to come and find Jesus? Is that the kind of place that we want to create? Are we okay when the Apostle Paul writes in Romans 3, all of us, all, all of us have sinned and fallen short of God's glory? Because I'll tell you one of the things... I hope does not happen to us. I hope we never get so close to Jesus that we forget how far away from him we once were. Because you have friends that feel as lost today as you one time did. And they're not sure that Jesus can love them because of what they've done or because of how they've lived and when we think about that, we say, you know, one of our core values here, this is one of the things that we hold on to that we will fight to the death for is this core value we call journey. You can find all of our core values, by the way, on our website. But we say faith is a journey. It's not a destination. And that people can move from where they are. We recognize that not everyone starts at the same place. We're not traveling at the same speed and that none of us has arrived. None of us, and nor will we arrive on this earth. Because of that, we will meet people where they are, not where we wish they were. And we will risk getting our hands messy to help them begin and build a relationship with Jesus. We expect people ultimately to choose life change over comfort in their life. So our goal for inviting people to come just as they are for 2017, did you keep your connection card? Adam asked you to keep it. Did you keep it? Were you paying attention? Were you listening up? All right, here we go. So on your connection card, because we totally changed it for this morning. Uh, check this out. So underneath your name and address and city, blah, 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 and all that stuff. MCC helps people begin to build a relationship with Jesus by, number one, inviting them to come as they are. So here's what I'm asking of you. Will you make a commitment to be here every week that you can in 2017? Now, are you going to get sick? Yes. Are you, will you have to work? Some of us will on Sundays. Will you ever take a weekend off and go visit your family or friends or just get away? Yes. You, will you ever take a vacation? I hope you do. Listen, all of those things, all of those are going to happen. That's why I say as often as you can, when you can be here. And do you know why that's important? Number one, for you, feed your soul. Number two, because when people come in looking for Jesus, they need to see you. They need to see you and be welcomed by you. Here's the second thing. Everyone at MCC can name the one person that you're praying for, investing in, and inviting. Someone that you care a great deal about. They are heavy on your heart, and they have not made a commitment to Jesus. Listen, please don't invite your friends from other churches. We're not looking to move people from other churches. That's not our goal. Our goal is to help people who don't know Jesus yet or haven't made a commitment to him right? To, to be a part of this. And that uh, our prayer is that you open doors for conversations to help them understand how much God cares about them. One more, that you will make this the friendliest place in town for everyone. That you will go out of your way to smile and say hi to people beyond our greeting time, all right? That's what we're shooting for uh, on Sunday mornings. Last week, we had a snowball fight in here. I don't know if you were here last week uh, for this service. You know, I, I, told the, I told the service last hour that if the first hour people had had the snowball fight with the second hour people, man, I, they'd have kicked your butt um, because they, they like fight dirty and I like that. Uh, so uh, 
So we had a snowball fight in here, and if you weren't here for that last week, man, it was really fun. But we do those kind of things because we want people who come in and don't know what to expect to drop their guard. Because we're going to say some things that we're going to help them understand what Jesus has said, and he has said some surprising things. And if they'll drop their guard, they might actually listen to this very surprising thing that Jesus said. Last month, we changed a lot about how we have done Christmas here at MCC. We changed our Christmas Eve service time so that you could invite your family and your friends who do not know Jesus. And I don't know if you know this or not, we had over 1,100 people here for our Christmas Eve services. I tell you that because that's more than we have ever in our whole history as a church ever had for Christmas Eve services by over 200 people. That's 200 people more than what we've ever had. So if you are thinking to yourself right now, heck yeah, I'm all about doing that. That's what I want to be a part of. There's some spots on your connection card. I want to encourage you. Just check those spots right there, okay? Just check those off because we're moving on. Uh, if you'll flip that over once you've checked those, we, will, we are going to invite them to come as they are and then we're going to show them how to follow Jesus again saying that very specifically, very intentional in how I'm saying that. Our goal has never been to have a lot of people who just worship here at MCC, although make no mistake, we want to fill this room over and over and over again with people who love to sing to God, who love to remember what Jesus did for them on the cross and make that commitment back to him every week, who want to support financially the cause of the kingdom, and who want to learn to live their life in such a way that they reflect the kingdom of God into the world around them. Do you know what God's big plan is to help your family and friends know what Jesus looks like? Take a look around the room because we're it. We're the plan. That's why Paul would write, God's purpose in all of this was to use the church. That's us to display his wisdom in all its rich variety to everyone. It's why Paul would say in 1 Corinthians 11, as a matter of fact, he says this like four times in different books in the Bible. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. That's what we want uh, for us. That's what we want. We want to intentionally set up opportunities for you to grow in your faith and to learn how to live your life in such a way that it reflects Jesus so that people beyond our walls who have no idea what Jesus is all about can point to us and say, that's what he's like. He, that, my friend looks and acts and talks like Jesus. I think I like that. So our goal for this year uh, on your connection, on this uh, connection card, you'll see is our goal is to have people who have committed to living their life, doing school, doing work, doing marriage, being a parent, being a neighbor. Uh, so be, again, to be clear, not, it's not just to attend church. That's not what this is about but we live our life every day in such a way that we are modeling Jesus so others can see, not just hear, not just read about in a book, but actually watch what it means to see faith lived out right in front of them. And that's an intentional decision, by the way, that you have to decide you're going to do that. Because if you don't decide you're going to do that, you won't. Even if you come to church every week of your life, you will not do that if you don't make this intentional decision. And if that's you, Mark that down if you would. Here's another. I will commit to making decisions that encourage my faith to grow. And one of those decisions, if you're here for the first time or you've been here a few times or you've never, if you've never made a decision for Christ, can I invite you to join me uh, in two weeks for First Step? 
January 22nd. It meets during the 930 service. We're right upstairs in the conference room. And that's just, it's an opportunity. Uh, I get to sit down with you and you get to ask any question and we get to talk about what does it mean to be the church and what is MCC all about? And, And that may be your next step. Um, have you, uh, I'm wondering if you have seen this lady walking around our building. Her name is Michelle Osmansky. Uh, I like to call her the great and powerful Oz. Um, she has been our part-time children's pastor, and she will be until April 1st. Uh, on April 1st, she becomes our full-time children's pastor. And the reason we've made that decision is because we believe our next generation needs for we just we need to be invested in that way and so moving forward one of the decisions that we have made this year is that she will go from part-time to full-time and i hope that 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 uh meant if you can support that ministry and be a part of that on your on your sheet on the connection card i will commit to sharing my life in a group and i will share my story the only place you get to share your oh, it's not the only place one of the places we have intentionally set up for you to share your story to know people and be known by them is in our groups and maybe it's a bible study that's here on a sunday morning maybe it's a bible study that meets here during the week or maybe it's a small group that meets in homes during the week part of investing your life is to know and be known by other people who you really are what you really think what you're really struggling with, what you've overcome that can help somebody else. Listen, that's important. If that's you, check your connection card. Here's the last one. We invite them to come as they are. We show them how to follow Jesus, and then we'll send them out to serve the world. And we say it again very intentionally that way because Jesus said in Mark chapter 10, even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. And when we do that, listen, we... It affects people around us in more ways than one. And so maybe serving is your next step. And if you're thinking to yourself, gosh, I'm I'm not doing, I'm not really helping in any way, but I don't know where I would help. I'm not sure how to, you know, if you just give us your name, we will contact you. Our goal is to to help you find a place to serve that you will love, that, that you will just, you can't wait to be a part of. Or maybe your next step is about giving your life to Jesus. Maybe you want to be baptized. We would love to help you with that. And there's a space on the card where you can mark that as well. If you mark that, we will contact you this week. Last week, we, con- we got to baptize one of our guys. Today, after the 11 o'clock service, we get to baptize one of our ladies. Listen, in 2017, we want to help 70 people begin their relationship with Jesus. That's our goal. We want to help 70 people begin that faith journey. And the reason I'm giving you that number is because I've been here for 15 years, and in that time, we have never helped that many people in one year do that. 70 people. And here's something else. While that, that's huge for us, by the end of this year, what I want is for that number to seem ridiculously small, because we're the kind of place that helps people find hope. You wonder what kind of church this is? MCC is not the kind of church that teaches people to sit still and be polite. That is not who we are. We're not merely content to get, to get together once a week. We want to make a difference in our world. We want to reach the next generation, and we want to change the world and change the future around us. Last year, if you want to write some numbers down, we had 442 different children participate in our children's ministry. This year, we're shooting for over 500. 
This year, we want over 200 different middle school and high school students participating in our student ministry. Last year, we began relaunching small groups. Some of you uh, may have been a part of that. This year, we're shooting to have over 300 adults participating in groups, which means we have to launch more this year. And by the way, we've already launched one. In the first eight days of this year, another small group has been launched. So that's incredible. And we want to impact 700 lives every week in worship. Listen, those numbers, (laughs) we'll talk more about that. They're huge, but there's another one that may even be bigger. All right. Some of you have noticed our budget for this year is bigger than last year. And it's not just bigger. It's like a ton bigger. It's a huge step. It's $2,429 a week bigger than our budget was last year. And I'm, I hope that for at least when you see that number, you go, are you kidding? Is this guy in? Is he a more? What is wrong with this guy? At least for a moment, I want that to take your breath away because we're not talking about merely another budget. We are going to begin this year to change the future of the next generation here at MCC. This budget is a paradigm shift for us. Now, as we talk about this, I want to make sure you understand what you've already done. In the last few months here at MCC, because you have believed in what God is doing through us, in the last few three months of the year, you sent 300, we sent 316 Operation Christmas Child boxes, and we processed 2,509 and sent them around the world. We provided Christmas for 98 kids in our city, 34 families, 98 kids. We sent 33,819 meals to Haiti. We will build this year two houses in Haiti. We will spot we are sponsoring already a table at one bistro for the whole year and last year as we went into week 51 52 we were so the last two weeks of of last year we were seventeen thousand five hundred and twenty six dollars in the hole and we are in the black as we finish 2016 and i just want to say listen you all are monsters when it comes to this and so when we look at this budget, this, this is part of a six-year plan to do this, to do more ministry, create margin and pay off debt, and change the future. So to be sure, this budget begins to allow us to allow ministries to grow, and it allows us to begin to pay off our mortgage in six years, $2.5 million in six years. And then we're going to begin to set money aside and watch it grow and allow God to set. When someone says, you are not, this horrible thing has happened in one of our mission fields. And we get to say, what do you need? And when they say some ridiculous amount of money that they go, and we don't know where it's going to come from. We get to say, well, we do. God's already given that to us. So here, you take this and make it happen. Listen, it's, it's huge. For this to happen, for this to happen, those who are not supporting the church financially at this point, you're going to have to get into the game. For those of us who are supporting the church financially, but we're not tithing yet, you're going to have to need, you're going to need to decide to trust God with a tithe. Uh, for that, for this to happen. And, and I just want to encourage you to do what Sandy and I do. We, uh, Sandy and I have set it up so that we have a re- re- reoccurring electronic giving through the clearinghouse, ACH. Okay. If you, if you will do that, that will, I mean, that just takes us so much further. And I'm hoping, listen, here's what I'm hoping. I, some of you are rolling your eyes at me, right? I mean, you're going, what is with this guy? 
How dumb is he anyway? We can't possibly do this. I'm so glad you think that. We already have. Three times in our history we've done this. 2013, 2014, and 2015. As a matter of fact, we did more in those years than the budget we've set up for next year. We have proven to ourselves, our track record says, if we believe God is calling us to do this and we want to do this, we will do this. Of course we can do this. And as we're thinking about this, uh, there is a video of JFK addressing the nation that I thought, you know what, I want to show this video because I want to remind you of something. So John F. Kennedy, President Kennedy, is addressing the nation back in 1960 about the, the space, the, the getting a uh, space capsule into orbit. Check out what he told the nation. But why some say the moon? Why choose this as our goal? And they may well ask, why climb the highest mountain? Why, 35 years ago, fly the Atlantic? Why does Bryce play Texas? We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept one we are unwilling to postpone, and one we intend to win, and the others too. We shall send to the moon 240,000 miles away from the control station in Houston, a giant rocket more than 300 feet tall, the length of this football field, made of new metal alloys some of which have not yet been invented, capable of standing heat and stresses, several times more than have ever been experienced, fitted together with a precision better than the finest watch, carrying all the equipment needed for propulsion, guidance, control, communications, food, and survival, on an untried mission to an unknown celestial body, and then return it safely to Earth re-entering the atmosphere at speeds of over 25,000 miles per hour, causing heat about half that on the temperature of the sun, almost as hot as it is here today, and do all this, and do all this, and do it right, and do it first before this dictator's out, then we must be bold. So last night, Sandy and I went and saw the movie uh, Hidden Figures. And uh, I, I, can, I can recommend the movie to you. It was, it was pretty incredible. But it reminded me because it was about this. I, when, we were, when we decided to go see this, or when I was putting this together, I didn't know we were going to be seeing that. Uh, we talked about it. But uh, when, when President Kennedy said that, do you know they didn't know how they were going to do it? <laughs> He's telling the nation, this is what we're going to do. And the people in the rooms in the back who had to make it happen had no idea how it was going to happen. They just decided they were going to do it and they began to work at it until they made it happen. When you say lofty goals out loud, you set in motion what may otherwise be impossible. If we never said we were going to the moon out loud, we wouldn't be there today. We still wouldn't be in space. 
And we're saying out loud, we believe that God is calling us to do this in our community. Just this past week, we received an update from Donna Cox. She works with exotic dancers in our area. We had helped someone a couple of years ago. Quite frankly, I had totally forgotten about this. But Donna said there was an exotic dancer that needed rent. And she said, I knew that it would be a big hand up for her and had the potential to keep her out of the sex industry. She said, the good news is that not only did your contribution give her the break she needed, but she's gainfully employed, living in a nice house, has a wonderful boyfriend with plans to be married. She's expecting her fifth child. But most importantly, she has given her life to Christ and her family attends church regularly. She said, I wanted to share this joy and let you know that what you do does have an impact. What can sometimes seem so small to us can be the tipping point, the game changer from an eternal perspective. Thank you for being the church to those in our community who are heartbroken. Thank you. Because sometimes what can seem so small to you can be the tipping point. Sometimes what seems so small to you can be the game changer. And you are the church who helps those who are heartbroken. Listen, God has a big, big dream for us. <laughs> and I hope that gets you jacked up. It scares me to death and it gets me jacked up. And it makes me think about what Paul said. Now to him who is able to do what? immeasurably more, way more. You can even measure how much more than we ask or imagine. No matter what you imagine and go, there is no way. God's already able to do way more than that. You can't even, you can't even think of something too big that God can't do according to his power, not our power, his power that is at work within us. So to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations because that's what we're aiming at. We are gonna change the future for the generations that follow us forever and ever, amen. And you can be part of it. You can be part of changing the world today and for generations. And so I'm just gonna ask you, if you haven't yet, would you take a moment and just check those things off? And then when you leave today, you're going to notice right in the middle of your path is a table with a basket. Right over here on the uh, ledge, there's a basket there. Would you just, as you're walking out today, just drop those in there? And we can, God has this dream for what he wants to do through us. And we get to be a part of it. Listen, while we stand together as we sing this song, let's decide this together.